Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed.com. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, as always, joined by Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn. How you two doing? I'm doing wonderful. Syracuse Orange, we're at 3-0. Celtic season about to start. Life is bueno. Literally no one asked about Syracuse. Gary, how are you doing? Good. Everything's good. Ready to go. I'm glad to hear that. But <laughs> despite the fact that you two are doing well, the Celtics did actually just get some not great news recently. Adrian Wojnarowski just reported that Robert Williams is undergoing undergoing a surgery in his left knee, which will have an expected recovery time of four to six weeks. Sorry to start with the bad news, people, but what's your initial reaction to that report? Welcome to the world of time, Lord. This is going to be how it's going to be with him. I mean, I, I think, he, you know, we, we focus on the talent and the potential and the upside and all that, but he's at that point in his career where you can't help but think that this, that his health is going to be an issue for the rest of his career uh, because it has been up to this point. And if you're the Celtics, you almost have to hedge your bets sort of on his availability. Uh, so don't be surprised if we see in the next year or two, the Celtics really try to make a play for a, an impact big man, knowing that Robert Williams, as talented as he is, he's someone that at this point, you're not really sold on his availability. Because again, that old saying, you know, one's best ability is their availability. And that is damn sure not the case when it comes to Robert Williams. Yeah, I'm just, it's the, the, the timing is curious, considering we're right at the beginning of training camp. And was he having knee issues all summer? Was he, did he tweak something while he was working out? So we don't know any details at this point, you know. I want to give credit to Sean Devaney from The Heavy, who actually was the first that I saw the story um, online, uh, who broke that story about Robert Williams and the surgery. But um, it's a concern because now you're going to bring them back slow, you know, so you're talking about six weeks. So now you're talking about December, sorry, the beginning of November, or early, or early November, maybe mid-November, um, you know, 10, 12 games into the season. Now you need a backup center. You're going to throw Luke Cornett out there. How long is Robert going to be out? You know, you're not, you know, then he's going to be on a minutes limit and all that. I mean, it's just a process. You were hoping, I think Celtics fans were hoping like, okay, this is the summer. Once he got over the meniscus thing that he was just going to, stay in bubble wrap, remain healthy, and come 
to camp 100% with no issues. And now here we go um, in terms of his issues again. So this is curious to me that he needs a scope um, unless they knew, you know, unless he was trying to do it without surgery and they were like, no, or, or something. He should have had this, if anything, right after the season. But, uh, you know, now, here we go again. Do they need a capable big man? Do they need to bring somebody in? Are they just kind of give it, give it away early and, and, and just play without a lack of depth because they don't want to bring on another contract? Like all this now comes into play. Yeah. And, and Gary, along those lines, Gary, it, it, it makes sense even more so now why Brad has been reluctant to fill that last spot. Uh, because, again, they may have, I mean, for all we know, Brad may have been looking at the guys coming to camp thinking, yep, we're going to add another wing so that they can give Jalen and Jason a little bit of assistance. But now with this, we don't know whether this changes the calculus that they're using to determine who's going to get that last roster spot or how they're going to fill that. Uh, Fiondu, uh becomes a guy that you you got to give a lot serious thought to uh, as far as that last spot. Uh, and, and how does that impact, you know, some of those wings that they're bringing in who, I, you know, have NBA experience and, and, and you know can play in this league, but you got to go by – they're in a situation now where the Celtics are moving perilously close to being in a need-to-add basis versus a wanting to provide more depth. Uh, if Robert's going to be out four to six weeks, and as Gary pointed out, Four to six weeks, it probably going to be a little bit longer than that because they don't want to rush him back. Uh, so Luke Cornett for four to six weeks as your your backup big or your first big off the bench, I don't know if that's going to cut it. Gary knows it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. And we, we've talked about depth this entire offseason, and you have Gallo now injured. The front court is looking a pretty, really very thin at this point. So what is the solution? What does Brad Stevens do before we hit October? Wings, wings, and mo wings. You got to go small. He's got to go small. I mean, they're they're going to play more small ball than I think they wanted to. Because at the end of the day, when you look at the lineups that that Yudoka typically plays, he's looking to play the five guys that play best together in his mind, and that's probably going to be lineups where you're going to have like you know some combination of Jason, Jalen, and another small guy, whether it's Smart, whether it's Brogdon. Uh, you know, out there with maybe one big. Um, guys are going to have to play bigger. Uh, I think you may see Tatum play, uh, you know, a little bit more at that four spot uh, than we've seen before. One, because he has a potential mismatch there. But two, they may not have a choice in terms of having quality guys on the floor that can, that can do things. So this this is a bigger deal than I think most people realize because it, for, it has such a major domino effect on not only the, in terms of roster construction, but also the roster lineups that that Ime has to work with and how he's going to utilize them. Yeah, I mean, I think now you have to consider a couple of guys that you might not have considered before. Um, I would consider DeMarcus Cousins. Dwight Howard, your boy. Yeah, Dwight maybe not as much because he's not off. He's very offensively limited, although he's more of an upgrade defensively. So if you're looking for uh, kind of a defensive replacement, you can bring in Dwight. But is Dwight going to have that influence in the locker room? Uh, do you need him all season? All that. So that's something you got to think about. Or Demarcus, who's more of an offensive threat, a little bit more toughness. But I just, I'm sorry, like I just. 
if I'm the Celtics, I want a proven player. Lou Cornette has not proven he can play a backup center for any NBA team. He's just kind of hung around and it's not, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll give him a shot, but it just seems like a real shot, you know, just a real long, you know, long shot. This is a real kind of stretch here. Um, you're trying to win games early. You're not trying to start out 10 and 12. You're not trying they did to that. They know what that movie looks they, like. They, they ain't trying to, make you're, not trying to you're not trying to struggle. Like yeah. this is you're trying to hit dudes in the mouth to begin the season. You are trying to get off to a start a fast start. Mm-hmm. And teams are not gonna take it easy on you. So to me, you gotta ramp up. To me, I would think Demarcus, or, or you can get like a low budget Robert Williams, like a, a, a young guy who, you know. You know, like a guy who always comes to mind is like Norvell Pelly, who's a real jumping jack, who who's bounced around. Like if you want to do that route, you know, you can get like a younger version of a of a kind of a, you know, kind of a pick me up, like a patchwork big. Um, and, and then uh, then we'll go and go from there. But other than that, like you got to try something because I just. I just don't think you can just go and, hey, Luke, okay, well, now you're going to play, you know, because you're not going to play Al 35 minutes a game. And then so you're going to have to go small with Grant at center at times and, you know, maybe even Jason at center. Like, you're going to have to go small or you're going to have to use some Luke. I'm not comfortable with the latter. Well, I was going to – Hey, you ball small, man. You put <laughs> very at center. small ball. Damn. That's Jordan Classic small right there. Damn. I think it's actually a perfect time to pause and give some love to Indeed. I feel as though they're the perfect sponsor for us because every week we're continuing to talk about how much the Celtics need help with hiring and the joke's getting old. But Indeed, if you do have a small business, they're definitely the business that place that you need to go to to hire for your business. No one knows small businesses like yours and Indeed can actually help you be successful at doing that. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place, one website. It makes it super easy. So instead of set, instead of spending hours on multiple different sites, you can just go to Indeed.com and you'll find the candidate with the right skill set. And they actually have a powerful hiring partner. They are a powerful hiring partner that can actually help you just do just that. With their instant match, over 80% of employees get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S. So all you have to do is start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash A-list. You can claim that $75 credit. All you have to do is go to Indeed.com slash A-list. Indeed does the work for you when you pay to boost that job. Their instant match actually shows you candidates whose resumes in fit what you're looking for immediately. So again, you're cutting out a lot of time. All you have to do is go to indeed.com slash A-list terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
So we started with some negativity on the podcast. I'm going to flip the script. We're going to talk about some positive things, something we can look forward to. Believe it or not, opening day for the Boston Celtics is less than a month away, which means Celtics Media Day is coming up this upcoming Monday. So from you two, who is the player you're most looking forward to hearing from after this summer hiatus? (laughs) Uh, For me, it'd be Jalen Brown. Okay. What do you want to hear <laughs> about the underwater workouts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I don't only want to hear about the whole trade rumors and his reaction. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about his reaction to the Robert Sarver situation. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about, uh, I know he's done some interesting things this summer and in, 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 in tried to better himself as not only a player, but as a man. Yep. I just want to hear his, his, his adventures because he stays quiet. You know, he uh, he's underground. He was doing that underwater stuff, but you know, Jalen kind of keeps it low down, low, low key, and low key. And uh, I just want to hear some of his thoughts and opinions. Another year, you know, he's about to be 26 uh, next month, so he's maturing. And uh, I want to see his thoughts on the team, the season, the rest of the NBA, the Sarver situation, and you know, some of the other stuff, the player association things that he's involved in. So I'm really intrigued to talk to Jalen. Yeah, like yeah I think Jalen's a guy yeah. everyone wants to hear from mm-hmm. because we, we've heard a little bit, you know, kind of little, you know, sprinkles here and there from Tatum this summer. So we, we got some idea of where his head head's at, you know, at the end of last season and heading into this one. But Jalen, as Gary pointed out, I mean, he's been Mr. Undercover uh, most of the summer. Very little has, has been uh, said from him other than an occasional three-letter tweet uh, or – you know, uh, just the, the rumor mill with him and KD. So he's the guy that everyone I think is really kind of angling to hear from. And the thing I've, I've always liked about Jalen is that, you know, you don't have to agree with what he's thinking or saying, but you respect the place that is coming from. Um, most of what he says is well thought out. Uh, there's a deliberate, intentional nature about him when he says things. Uh, he's, he's getting to that point every now and then you'll know that he's saying something to spark a reaction or to just educate you in a way or and like give you insight that you maybe didn't have before. Uh, we learned a lot about his relationship with Kyrie Irving after Kyrie left. Uh, and I, I suspect that he's going to get peppered with questions about the Kevin Durant trade rumors. But I suspect that at some point as the season progresses and we get deeper into the season, he's going to he's going to slip. And he's going to be honest and candid about his feelings about that. Uh, I don't care what Brad and E may tell you about trade rumors. It's not a big deal. There's a part of him that's going to have some kind of feeling about that, that is going to, even on the smallest of levels, be in his feelings a little bit about that. Uh, And the thing that I've I've really liked about Jalen throughout his career is whenever he's been like questioned and there's skepticism about what he can do, He's been really good about channeling that the right way. Uh, you know, when he first came into the league, everyone talked about how great an athlete he was. And what did Jalen do? He worked on becoming a better shooter. Uh, he worked on becoming someone who could finish around the rim. He became a, a better defender. I, I still think he can be a lot better defensively than he is. But there's been progress every step along the way when there has been a noticeable knock against him or a noticeable slight against him. And that, that to me, that's the sign of a guy who is about that business, uh, who will find some way to use all this, 
this Kevin Durant to Boston energy, whether it's true or not, he's going to use that to galvanize himself in his game and step and take his game to another level. I expect this shit. And to both of your points, he is interestingly enough, very active on social media where he'll retweet stuff. His Instagram, he posts a lot. Most recently he was with Ye, because as you know, he's now a Donda athlete and well, Yeezy athlete, whatever the case may be. But also to Gary's point about like off the court stuff, he's been working with MIT with their bridge program, which I'm very curious to hear about as well. Like how has that development been? What exactly does that look like? How is it becoming implemented in the city of Boston? So he's just the most interesting Celtic when you think about well-roundedness and obviously on the floor, he's very talented, but the fact that he does have this player advocacy, social advocacy, which I think is very important. And I think I'm with the two of you that I'm also interested to hear what he has to say about his summer. But adding to that, though, right behind him is Robert Williams. I mean, I if, know, if they let him talk. <laughs> like, like, bruh, what the hell happened? When did you know you had to get a surgery? I mean, I've got so many questions for that dude. Like, how did we get, I mean, but. How did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is that Gary. an R&B song? Yes, he yes it is, Gary. Gary got one of my references. I got it, Kwani, but I, I was pretending what as if I didn't that, get it. Aunt Kwani? <laughs> I don't know the name of the song. I just know all the words. You know, um, fun Gary. fact, well, not a great fact. I'll know an entire song, but not know the name of it. I know that's embarrassing, but it'd be like that. <laughs> she heard that Gary's song. Auntie's playing play. that song, Gary, and she just, she just... I got you, I got you. Hold on, hold on. It was Deborah Cox or something, right? Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Wait a minute, Kwani. Like, weren't you like five when that song? Oh. Why did I even open up this wormhole? That's like a 90s song. I'm not supposed to know songs that were made before I was born. Pretty Is that the know. argument? Pretty much so. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. I see Let's how it is. Let's Let's show on. your musical knowledge, Kwani. Forget about Gary. Right. I'm, also, I'm also used to uh interested in hearing from Jason. Yeah, of uh, course. You know, uh what's he been up to? Obviously, he's been in the streets and stuff, but <laughs> what's he done working on his game? Where has he at been the last, you know, he went to Duke, he been he been to LA. So, you know, as the leader now, unquestioned leader, um, what does he feel like, you know, is he gonna be more vocal with us? Is he gonna you know, what is what's going on in his head, you know, mm. entering a, a very important what's fifth year now. Uh so to me, uh I, I'm definitely intrigued to hear from both of them, but Jalen, but Jason also, because I think Jason, you know, I think he'll he he's he's definitely become more vocal and I think he's gonna have a lot to say. I think the confidence is growing too. And I like, obviously you take it with a grain of salt when you listen to people do interviews, but I think over the years, he's still very quiet and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I I feel as though we've noticed, like you said, him become not only more vocal, but a little more confident in his ability to the point where hopefully that starts to continue to translate on the floor, because it's obviously only so much talking to do before people are like, all right, because at first it was, he's not talking enough. Now I think he's comfortable with the media, understands how it goes, but it's also hopefully in the off season working on his game. It should be like that though. I mean, yeah, for sure. if, if you think about it, th- there's only a handful of guys that you can say in the NBA can kind of hold their own with him or, or really limit him. There just mm-hmm. aren't that many. And he's what 
19 still? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. never growing up. He's never growing up. But you, you love the you love the fact that Jason is. I think just kind of growing into his manhood and realizing that most nights when he steps on the floor, there ain't nobody better than you. Mm-hmm. And to me, when you understand that power, you start to learn how to flex that power. And I think part of that flex is flapping your gums, letting cats know they can't guard you. I mean, if I'm Jason Tatum and I got a little Patrick Beverly trying to you know, talk smack to me, I'm dropping 20 in okay. the third quarter yeah. that dude. And I'm gonna let him know, I'm gonna give him his, I'm gonna give him his own medicine mm-hmm. because I'm nice like that. And he's not. Tatum is growing to being that dude. It's yeah. good to see. I don't know if he'll ever be a real trash talker on the floor. Oh, I think oh, Gary. I, I think, think he is. is I think he's like a low key one where you yeah, like. He's just, he's no, just I think he makes that's gestures. Gestures. You're like, wait, really? I think he makes <laughs> gestures. I don't think he just like is all in your face. I think he does it by just by subtle gestures. Yeah, like he's he'll score key. three in a row. And he'll look up at the scoreboard and look at it's you. Troll, it's trolling in a sense. Yes, I don't want Jason to yeah. be anything outside of himself, but I do want him to. If I'm I feel like he'd be friend. whispering trash talk, though. Yeah. He'd definitely be whispering trash talk. Well, and I love that. I hope he is. I hope he is. I think he needs to be, I want him to be more of a leader, more forceful about what happens with his team. This season, especially since such an important season, be completely locked in and focused, um, all of the above. Is he completely healthy? We have to ask him that, you know, after the mysterious wrist injury that he revealed and all that and his shoulder. Stinger. So uh, I think he, he's got a lot to he's got a lot to talk about, and he should be, and he should have a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, as we're talking right now, the Celtics have waived Bruno, so we'll see what. I don't know how to say his last name. Sherrod, you got a little. You got a. a I'm not <laughs> telling y'all. That's my that's my son's son. Cabo Clo, Cabo Clo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the one that we still need son's to son. get a DNA test on. So. That's a little update. Don't need to do that now. He ain't on the team. <laughs> He's not my son. <laughs> hey, I don't know that dude. Nah, he don't, don't know, know that dude. dude. That's funny. But recently in the Boston Globe, the your one of your colleagues, Gary, talked to Wick Grosbeck of the Boston Celtics. And he told he said to Brad that he can do whatever it takes to get Brett better. We see that the Celtics just waved one guy. Maybe that means they open up a spot for another, but do we believe Wick? Is he li- really willing to let Brad Stevens do whatever it takes to win? Um, <laughs> I think that, <laughs> no, no, I think that Wick, I mean, you know, these owners are all competitive. And he knows very close for, with Joe Lacob, who used to, was a co-owner, part owner, you know, minority owner of the Celtics before he bought the Warriors. And I'm sure he saw the celebrations. There was trash talk, all that between owners. He sees them at the, you know, governor's meeting. Like that gets under his skin. He wants to win a chip. He wants to beat Lakeup. He wants to have a championship, another championship. It's been now 14 years. It'll be 15 years uh, if they win next year. That's not a long, that's, you know, everybody talks about, you know, it was, it was 22 years remember between the 86 and the 018. So we're on our way to 22 years here. You know, uh, you know, our census fans going to wait till 2030. Like they, you know, as much as that team seems like it's not all that long ago, it was all that long ago. 
I mean, what, what was Kwani? 15, Kwani in 11th grade uh, when they won a championship? Always uh-huh. something. <laughs> Every <laughs> episode, she's just be like, how old was Kwani when this How happened? old was Kwani when this was going down? 2008, <laughs> Kwani was in 10th grade, 9th grade. Up yeah. At, up at, you know, Lord of Angels Catholic School in, you know, Newark, New Jersey, wherever you were. The funny uh, part was George, boy, he's orange. Lord of Angels. Huh? Lord of Angels. Orange. <laughs> but I did go to high school in Newark, so you're, you're a little spot on. Where? Yeah, so, you know. Um, so, to me, uh, I think Wick wants to win. I think, you know, he's 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 ready. I think he got a taste of it going back to the championship last year. So, I, I believe what he says. Uh, we'll see what happens. So, obviously, now, with them waving Caboclo, my man, my main man, I was hoping to see him and hoping to talk to him. I feel kind of bad for Bruno. I'm good. Uh, I'm know. good. Uh, I forgot a bad. I didn't want to face that reality. Yeah, you are the father. I didn't. uh, But um, obviously, it means they're 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 making some kind of move because they remember they haven't even announced like Jake Lehman yet. They haven't. They haven't. I don't know if they've announced officially. So they they're making some shuffling moves. Obviously, they're creating some space because they wouldn't have done this unless they have somebody in mind. So let's see what happens over the next few days. I'm all in. I, I think I think Wick is willing to cut whatever check needs to be cut if it, if he, if it's believed that that will put them over the top. Uh, I think they're that they're that close in their minds to winning a championship. They need one. But here's the, the issue now, though, with Danilo's injury, with Robert's injury, with the the desire to bring Al along slowly. It's harder to com- I think it's a, there's a harder case to make that this team can come out like gangbusters and just take over the East and just run away with it. Uh, because they're going to have to play smaller and they're going to have to basically have guys that can play up a position. Because as Gary pointed out, you know, Luke Cornett as, as your first big off the bench is a little bit scary to me. Uh, if, if you're talking about a championship caliber team. Now, if you want to go back to when Brad Stevens took over as the head coach of the Celtics back in 2013, if Luke Cornett is my first big off the bench, that's, we know where we at. Mm-hmm. We are in the lottery. We trying to sniff our way out of the lottery. That's, that's, that's Luke's, no disrespect to Luke, but he's just not what you would look for in an ideal number, first big off the bench for a championship caliber team. He's an NBA player. He's just not that type of impact NBA player. Uh, and that's really where the Celtics are at now. They've got to find somebody uh, who can help get them over the hump. Uh, and, you know, may, it may very well be a situation where they circle back and say, well, you know, Carmelo Anthony don't look so bad now. Uh, we can play him at a, as a small ball big in some capacity. Uh, so the Celtics, they're going to have, they definitely have to look a little, they have to open up the options out there a little bit wider than I think they probably would want to. Uh, because they have to, in some way, shape, or form, address that front line beyond what they have already on the roster. Gary, you mentioned Wick being around other owners. The first thing I thought of, and Sherrod and I <laughs> were featured in a picture that I don't know if this picture is going to be used on a billboard, but he's also a co-owner of Sincoro with yeah. Beanie Bus and, of course, the great Michael Jordan. So, Michael Jordan, not Michael B. Jordan. But I think that could play a role in it, too, <laughs> <laughs> when you, you never met Michael B. Drawn, why did yeah, you? I know she didn't, Gary. We knew she didn't mean him. We couldn't even be in that conversation. Come yeah, on, now. exactly. 
Michael, be be not in this conversation. Be, yeah, be not in this yeah. conversation. Let's move on with Michael Jordan, the real Michael be Jordan. Be on your merry way because we're not talking to you. Yeah. But yes, I think being around those great, you know, obviously the Michael Jordan, but also just like a Lakers owner of these two franchises are now competing to see who will continue to be the GOAT in the franchise. I mean, the league. I think that's another conversation you think about when it's just like, the, the amount of people that you're around on a regular basis. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I, I, the, the one, you know, we, we haven't really talked. I think Garrett kind of touched on the whole, you know, having, you know, it had been 22 years before they won the last title. I didn't even Keep think about mind, that. Either. means they've won one title in the last 36 years. That's a, mm. I mean, you're, you know, you, you, you tout yourself as like, you know, the, the greatest franchise in NBA history. You got one chip in 36 years. The Lakers, I mean, that's, the Lakers are one five. Yeah. Not, but that's it's, a really good conversation, six, though. But that's six. a good conversation. Like, do we, how long can we count how many rings your franchise has versus the recency bias of how recently were you good? Because kids nowadays, we make the jokes about how I wasn't around, but like, I wasn't around for the 86 Celtics. So, like, how would I see them as a dynasty? If I'm looking at a team like the Warriors or even like the more recent Lakers of actually being a little more consistent than the Celtics. You talking about Lakers, you could talk about Miami, you can talk about San Antonio. I mean, there's a number of teams that this generation of NBA fans look at as a dynasty more so than the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Celtics, you know, they obviously people know them from a historical standpoint, but that's just it. It's historical. It's not relevant to what's happening now. They're not, I don't think the Celtics have that same cachet with a lot of fans in this day and age that they have with an older set of fans who recognize and realize that they've been a really good franchise for, you know, the, a large part of the NBA life cycle. But if you're looking at the last 35, 40 years, last 35 years, they, they've got one chip. That's it. That's it. And if, and if you're, and, and for those of us who remember that year, they dander didn't get out of the first round. The Hawks took them to the brink. Al Horford mm-hmm. and young Al Horford, mm-hmm. young when, when he they they took them to the brink. So, I mean, it's it's one title in 35, 36 years. That's it's not great. Well, this is a perfect segue because another quote in that article that I mentioned in the Boston Globe was, and anyone who asks me what I think about the team, I'm saying I don't want to overrate us. And of course, there's always going to be some kind of rating when you get to the NBA finals. But what do you two think? Are Is this Celtics team overrated? I think that, <laughs> I think a lot to be put on them. And I think after, when they added Brad to Gallinari, it might have been justified, but I don't think they're head and shoulders above over anyone in the East. They're one of the group that can win the East. I'll give them that. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami, Miami, uh, and uh, maybe Cleveland. Uh, yeah. And we'll see about Brooklyn, but that's like seven teams. So do I think that they'll finish in the top four seeds? Yes. Is it like a straight up easy? Oh, if they're not, you know, could they be fifth seed? Yep. Remember the year that the East was like it was like four games separated the first, the top six seed teams or something. It was like four or five games. It could be like that. It could be complete close horse race where you know the winning the winner of the East has fifty nine wins 
and the sixth seed has 52 wins. You know, like we're talking about get small little margins of error, one or two key games, losing at the buzzer here. Like, so the Suns got to take care of business, you know, and they lost a lot of close games last year. Um, but to say, oh, this team looking is going to be just cruising in the East, they ain't cruising nowhere. They ain't getting no, they ain't cruising no Thunderbird driving the streets. They ain't cruising nowhere. Okay. They're going to have to earn every bit of it because you look at the East and the only team in the East I think is going to be bad is Indiana. Okay. Let's look at the East. You know, Toronto, always hard, tough plays hard. Washington got talent with Bradley Beal and, and those guys. Orlando's young and up and coming. I mean, I'm New York's still going to New York, though. Huh, there's, the, huh, there's the Knicks, but like like Detroit, Sherrod's Detroit young Pistons, team, yep. they're going to be... They, they they're coming. Yes, like you look, at the, you look at the East and you look and you're like, okay, what team is this really in rebuild? Okay, you That's look... Indiana is about it. Chicago, we all know about Lonzo Ball, but they're going to be, you know, they got star power with um, DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic, and Zach Levine. Like, no game is going to be easy. There are going to be some games where teams are tired off of back-to-back. The Celtics are going to play well, but to think that the league, especially the East, the East is all leveled up. You know, there are not teams in the East. There isn't a bunch of teams that, that you know, like Utah's, you know, rebuilding San Antonio's rebuilding. That's the West. Like, you know, there are teams in the, in the West that are like, okay, let's, let's, let's take a step back here and build the East. I said one team, the Pacers, that's it. The other rest of the East, it's going to be a battle every night for the Celtics in the East. It's been a long time coming for the East too. I feel like we've always talked about the West being the stronger conference, but this year, to your point, every game's a circle circle on your calendar type game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this, I, I see the season playing out looking like one of those Olympic swim meets where there's like one second that separates one, two, three, and four. Uh, it, it's going to be a photo finish. I mean, the, I, I, to me, I, I think the last like two, three weeks of the season are going to be crazy interesting because you're going to have teams who are going to have to decide, well, we can rest our guys, but damn, we might drop down to six to seven. Because it may be, I think it's going to be that close where like there'll be two or three games separating one through six. Uh, and that to me is scary for a team like Boston because, again, where you had everyone thought the Celtics were a smidge better than most everyone else in the East, just a little bit, just a little bit. But when you take Robert missing at least a month, when you take Danilo basically missing most, if not all of the season, that's huge. If we, you, I think you could probably absorb one of those blows and still be pretty close to where you're going to be record-wise at the end of the day. But losing two guys in the front court who have such a unique ability like those two. Robert, easily the most athletic big you have. Danilo, the best stretch big that you have, uh, at least in terms of scoring. Al Horford is a better overall player, but Danilo is a better scoring stretch big, I think, than Al. Uh, just because he's just a natural shooter, whereas Al converted himself into a perimeter shooter. But the point is this. Those losses are going to make it extremely difficult for Boston to get off to the kind of start that they wanted to. And they know in their heart of hearts, they need to in order to get back to the finals. Uh, Whenever anyone with that team, whether it was Brad, whether it was Ime, Grant, 
Tatum, they all talked about the importance of getting off to a good start this year. Every single damn interview they did, they talked about that. So you know that's something that they're all thinking about. What they're dealing with today, with no Danilo and, and Robert out for at least a month, it's going to make that, that goal a very difficult reality for them to create. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, I want to talk about Bet Online because they've been a loyal teammate for us all season long. And as you know, football is back. Got to brag real quick. My New York Giants are looking really good with their 2 0 record. How, y- how y'all football? I thought she was going to brag about her Boston College Eagles. I oh, mean, they're. They're, they're mediocre. Well, what are your, your pro teams looking like right now? What teams y'all y'all root for? Nope, not gonna. I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. Okay. Gary? Oh, I'm uh, also a Syracuse football fan, too. We LA, know that. LA Rams, so they're one and okay. one. Barely yeah. hung okay. out on to beat the Falcons, so <laughs> I'm not boasting right now. We're All right, no more, no more bragging from you two, but either yeah. way. No matter who you root for in the NFL and football in general, they have the latest odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, live scores, and so much more. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sporting events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So you can all you have to do, because we hooked you up, is head to betonline.ag. To join, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And all you have to do is use that promo code CLNS50 to receive that reward. Once again, that's a 50% welcome bonus. So you really can't go wrong with that. All you have to do is use the code CLNS50. Bet online where the games start. So we're talking about the Eastern Conference and our favorite guy, Kyrie Irving. It was on, it looked like a Twitch stream or some kind of podcast or something and he basically said that watching the young guys that he watched grow up basically helped watch grow up I would say watch grow up he said he helped them grow up whatever but he was saying how humbling of an experience it was to get 4 would by the Boston Celtics but he also said that it was meant to happen and that they'll be back uh, so I'm talking about the Nets of course so do you agree will they be back is this enough motivation for Kyrie and KD and the Nets to rally back to the playoffs and beat the Celtics. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Uh, they, they're, they've got obviously some, some, some talent, but they've got some major, to me, there's two qu- major question marks with them. Mm-hmm. Team chemistry. Uh, and by team, I'm not just talking about the guys on the court. I'm talking about the guys on the court and the damn coach, the coach who your best player said, you coach know, they don't need. yeah, we don't need him. And, that, to me, that dynamic is going to be an issue. And the other one, the big one, is Ben Simmons. Uh, what Ben Simmons are you going to get? Are you going to get a new, improved, ready-to-ball-out Ben Simmons? Or are you going to get that dude who, you know, who, who shrinks like, like, you know, like saran wrap around a basket when somebody is near him to defend? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to do the, – because the lasting image that we all have of Ben Simmons is at the end of the playoff game, he's got a layup, and he passes to Matisse Thibel instead of – shooting because that defensive stalwart known as Danilo Gallinari was right behind him and he was afraid he's going to get fouled. Uh, that's, it's going to be, he needs to get back on the court so people can get that bad taste out of their mouth about who he is. But I think, I think Brooklyn's going to be good, but I don't think they'll be great because they've got so many questions that I just don't think they're going to be able to hit the ground running and answer in an affirmative way. Ben Simmons, for example, I think will be, he'll have some ups and he'll have some downs. 
but at the end of the day, he'll be a very good player. But I don't think that's going to be enough for them to get over the hump and be the last team standing in the East. Yeah, uh, I think that I think Kyrie understands that this is a probably the most pivotal year of his career. There's just a, so much negativity. I think CBS Sports ranked him as the 10th best point guard in the NBA. That's yeah. And, you know, the people ahead of him, Ja, I think someone ranked Drew Holiday ahead of him. Like, Woo. you know, those are like. Slander. Yeah, but those are useful players. Those dudes show up every night. I think Kyrie understands his reputation has taken a hit and he might, you know, be against that or he might not agree with the assessment and think, hey, I'm just being Kyrie, man. Like, you know, um, this is, you know, I got every reason to believe what I want to believe, but the league is starting to lose faith in you. Fans start to lose faith in you. So he's got he's to deliver this year. He's got to be 65-plus game, no drama, dropping buckets, dribbling like the Globetrotters. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, he's got to be that guy because now he's playing for his life in the league. Because he still would be a valuable player, he just turned 30, so he's still relatively young. He's got some years left, but like his years as a max player, his years as a frontline franchise cornerstone, th- those days are counting down. And teams will be like, man, you know, yeah, te- Kyrie, you got mad talent. You can dribble the ball. You can, you, you're brilliant when you're on the court, but, but you're too much of a headache, man. We, I, you know, I, I need something more stable. And I'll okay. take someone. I'll take someone with less talent, with more stability and availability. So, so you got to prove that he can't be. He can't be typical normal Kyrie. He can't be Boston Kyrie. He's got to be a special Cleveland Kyrie, where and, and play as many games as he can. You know, it's got to be a different guy than we've seen. And like you mentioned about Ben Simmons, same thing. A different guy than we've seen over the last four or five years, because I think his reputation his status in the league, all that is on the line. Another bad year, he'll be a free agent teams. Somebody will, somebody will sign him, but they ain't paying 30 million for him. You know, so it all depends on, this is a big year for him. And I think the Nets have talent. And like you said, Sherrod, they've got to figure out what to do and how to approach the Steve Nash situation, you know, but they got, you know, Joe Harris coming back from injury, Nick Claxton re-signed. They brought in TJ Warren. They brought in Royce O'Neal. You know, they they got pieces. So let's see how Nash and those guys put it all together to try to make a, a winning club. And then obviously Durant. And who knows where his head is. 65 games, no drama. Hell no, Gary. Drama. <laughs> if you get one out of those two, that's a success. If you can get him to give you one of those two, you are winning. Uh, mm. Both? No. No, I would, I would, I, I would say that the sixty-five games is is more likely than a no drama, um, which it, to me is too bad because to me the no drama should be the easier thing to manage, and but that's why he can't. Um, when was the last time Kyrie had a year where there was no drama? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, like, I but I know that Kyrie ability-wise, I mean, can still dominate. Uh, I would love to see him, you know, really take you know, take exception to that 10th best point guard and go out and absolutely destroy the nine cats ahead of him, or at least put himself back into that top two, three conversation, which is where if we're talking strictly talent at that position, that's where he belongs. 
I have a really important question for you, too. Oh, gosh. She can't even get the question out, Gary. She's going to Isn't the, yeah, it's not even that deep, but is it time for the Celtics and Jay Crowder to be reunited? As you know, he's been with the Phoenix Suns since 2020. He's been coach under Monty Williams, coach of the year. He's been a pretty important part of their finals run two years ago. So what do we think? Is it time? What you got, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think, I no, no, I like Jay a lot. I think yeah. I, would, I would bring him back here in a minute. Yeah, but it's a tr- it would have to be a trade. He's under contract, which, which reportedly the Suns are up? interested in a trade. For the record, that's why I brought that well, question up. The yeah, the Suns are moving. Yeah, yeah. But who are you going to trade that matches salaries? You know, you'd have to trade like Grant, or you'd have to trade. You, you're not going to get them for pennies, and you're over the cap. So yep. it would it would have to sacrifice somebody in order. You know. And I, and then, or, you know, sorry, mix it, uh, one of those trade exceptions or whatever, try to finagle a trade exception or something, but you, something you would have to maneuver to do that. I don't know if they can. I'm the I, I think they should bring him back. He loved being a Celtic. It kind of put him on the map as an NBA player. It's the reason why he still wears 99. Uh, the number 99, I just think, I think he loved being a Celtic. I think he loved his time here. Then they shipped him to Cleveland in that damn, you know, Kyrie trade, you know, and then he bounced around and he got to Phoenix. But I think just his toughness, his defense, his ability to hit the three, yes. And he's still 30. I think he's 32 now. Um, so he's not too old. Yeah, I would do it if you could sacrifice not too much for him. Well, I know if Gary could do it, the first person that he would put out there is Derek White. But the, the money don't match. I, no, I think, no I think Derek makes significantly more than Jay. Yes, very significantly. It's a little bit more. The, if the money matched, though, Gary would absolutely be probably – we would probably be reading about that trade in the Boston Globe. Yep. He would make it a trade just by reporting it. that it happened. I'm not trying to tell Brad how to do his job, but Brad, if I would, Brad, Brad. I would go get Jay Crowder, and I would send Derek White to <laughs> – Beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Is that how Gary sounds? I mean, if, if it were me, if it were me, that's what I would do. If it were me, I'm just saying though. But I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you, I, they, I mean, Jay would be a great fit. I mean, there's no doubt about. It. And I think to, to Gary's point, Jay's at that point in his his career where he's. I don't think he's as focused on the whole come up and prove himself and all that. He just want to win. Yeah, I mean, think about this dude had a chance to win a chip in Miami, came up short, had a chance to win a chip dude. in Phoenix, came up short. So he clearly is in chip hunting mode and mm-hmm. wants and would ideally want to be somewhere where he could win a chip. And if you look at the Celtics roster, he'd be the perfect addition if they yeah. had all their expected pieces in place. But with Robert's injury and with you know Danilo's injury, I'm not sure. Even if you had, even if let's say by some, you know, even if let's say Derek White's contract did match up perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you'd even do that deal because it doesn't necessarily address what your most pressing need is, which is to add some size in that front court. Uh, now that your best, most athletic big is going to be out for at least a month and your best stretch big to help alleviate some of the minutes of your veteran big is going to be out for most of the season. So 
Um, I, I think Jay, more than anything else, it's just really bad timing for him to get back to Boston. But if you're just talking pure talent and fitting in and all those type of uh, tangibles, Jay's Jay's the guy. He'd be perfect for what they need. And Gary always talks about the Celtics need someone with that dog in them. I think Jay would be perfect for that. The oh, yeah. memory oh, yeah. is Jay got when a lot of dog they were getting cheered. And like moments later, we have a Twitter rant from Jay in all caps. With his best was, game of the Twitter. season. Right. He played, he, we were just like, wait, Jay is like. I'm not messing with him. <laughs> nah, he was, he was amazing in that game. And, yeah. and, he was, and the thing I like about Jay is he's, he's pretty, you know, straight no chaser mm-hmm. about how he feels and what he's thinking. And, and you mm-hmm. respect that. Uh, and I think the Celtics, and I think this kind of piggybacks off a point that Gary's made many times about having veterans who can come in and not just play, but have a presence mm-hmm. about them. Uh, Jay has a presence about him, and having already been here, he's a guy that these players know, respect, and they understand his journey and how tough he has had to be in order to get where he's at. Uh, So, again, he would be great uh, for this team, but I just don't think they have the right kind of assets to ship out and bring him in and it not be a significant, you know, reshuffling of the deck for them where they don't know what the hell kind of hand they'll have once the cards are dealt. So. We really made it through an entire offseason that had something to talk about every week, guys. Look at us. I'm excited. What is excited? Gary's like, whatever. <laughs> no, we did a good job. We did a good job. He's still salty. He's still salty about that 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 cow loss in South Bend. Which, by the way, Gary, I'm gonna say it, Gary. I'm gonna say it for you, Gary. I'm gonna say it for you. Y'all got robbed. To, to quote to quote the poet DeAndre Jordan, I've been robbed. Yeah, it was a tough Thank one. you for your what? He's the word. It was a tough one. Where are Once again, we want to show some love to betonline.ag. Of course, use that promo code CLNS50. And of course, if you're looking to sponsor a job post for your small business, you can go to indeed.com slash A-list. Do you two have anything we should be looking forward to before we hit media day, Celtics media day? Ready to roll. Let's get yeah, it going. Roll. He's ready to roll. We'll see what yeah. happens this week. There's be some stuff breaking this week. Okay. <laughs> he said, stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> for Gary Washburn and Aishra Blakely, I'm Kwani Lunas. Thanks for listening to the A-List Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>